You're listening to the History Bridge Network. Letters from My Old Man, hosted by Lawrence Sanji. Welcome back to Letters from My Old Man. In our previous broadcast, Michael had transferred from his 383rd Aviation Squadron to his new position in the Air Depot headquarters. And there was a mention of never-ending racial problems. In this upcoming letter on February 21st, Michael talks about some of the problems without too much detail. He often writes to my mother, I'll explain things to you later on, but we never really do read about those. What we will read are some comments made by his colonel when he transfers from one outfit to another. February 21st, 1945. My dearest Mike, tomorrow I move into my new quarters at the 15th. I had to build a new tent and without a doubt, it's the finest in the new area. I couldn't reconcile myself to living uncomfortably in native style. And so I went out of my way to construct something worthwhile. No doubt I'll hear, though not directly, criticism, but no matter. I'd rather that than their expressions of sympathy if I were living in the mud. Today I received a package from Rosalie. The wrapping was labeled Michaeline, etc. The card in the box was signed by Rosalie. The carton of camels and canned stuff were in pretty good condition. Now it could be that Rosalie is trying to steal my heart. Could be. These last two days, I felt like a relieved man. True, my new assignment has its own responsibilities, but in ridding myself, of the 383rd, nothing can seem so bad. The uncleanliness that I have constantly tried to eliminate is no longer a worry. For some ungodly reason, the whole race lives in a sea of dirt. Enlisted men's quarters are oftentimes vile and only after continued punishments and restrictions were they cleaned up only to have them insanitary again in a short while. It becomes pretty monotonous to continually harp on insanitation until I became imbued with the fact it was one of the things I had to live with. That by itself is enough to get away from. No mail today, perhaps tomorrow, love Mike. As uncomfortable as that was for me to read, I imagine it's uncomfortable for some of you to listen to. When my father remarked, The whole race lives in a sea of dirt. The entire race to him was limited to give or take 250 men of color. He had spent over a year at this point training these men, indoctrinating them into the military aspect of life, taking them 8,000 miles across the ocean through Australia, the swampy jungles of New Guinea, and now on the beaches of Leyte in the Philippines. These letters we're listening to are exactly 80 years old. The whole different world, what we live in today. 
So all of that being said, here are recommendations and proposals and transfers from C.W. Bates, Major Air Corps Acting Adjutant General, and Howard C. Dennison, Lieutenant Colonel, Air Corps Commanding. First on February 7th, one, it is requested that Captain Michael J. Sanji, Air Corps, be given reassignment. Two, this officer at the present time is commanding officer of the 383rd Aviation Squadron, parentheses, colored, from the observation within the past three months. I am convinced that Captain Sanji does not possess the ability nor temperament to handle or control colored troops. The high court-martial rate within his organization indicates that he either has an extremely difficult group of men or that Captain Sandy does not possess the ability to handle such troops. I'm certain that by reassigning an officer to this organization who has the proper qualifications for commanding colored troops, the organization's court-martial rate would be reduced by proper administration. Three, Captain Sanji should be assigned to duty with white troops. And then on the 16th of February, it reads, one, there is no place within this command at the present time whereby Captain Sanji could be reassigned. And in view of proposed operations for your group, it is felt that the capabilities as possessed by this officer could well be utilized within your own group. Two, Suggest you reassign this officer to your headquarters and be given duties of information and education officer, replacing Lieutenant Tingle, whom it is believed would fit well into the job of manning the 383rd Aviation Squadron. Secondary suggested assignment would be either in your repair squadron or the 393rd Air Service Squadron. It is believed that this officer, from his standpoint of his education and background, coupled with the knowledge he has gained while being commanding officer of the 383rd Aviation Squadron, is well qualified to handle the job of information and education in your headquarters or an administration job that either of the two squadrons mentioned above. By order of Colonel Tillery. And on the 17th of February, 1945, it very plainly comes through. One, Captain Michael J. Sanji of the 383rd Aviation Squadron is assigned headquarters and headquarters squadron and is designated group information and educational officer. Two, Captain Michael J. Sanji, in addition to his other duties, it designated group public relations officer. So there it is. For the simple transfer from one unit to another, all these considerations, all these legalities must be presented. Here's something that's not in Captain Sanji's writings, and it's not in anything you'll find. When I was researching my father's history in the service, and this was before the World Wide Web was the World Wide Web in the late 1990s, I came across papers which were written in Fort George Gordon Mead in Virginia, where my father was sent for multiple schools, gas warfare, special services, and hand-to-hand -hand combat training. But there were papers written in 1942 entitled The Drafting and Employment 
of colored troops. I think that's when my father was there. Not that he had anything to do with that. But again, I said his age, his education, and his 10 years teaching in a large urban high school, they saw him coming. And that's how he got appointed to the 383rd. And he, he does talk about some of the issues with the black unit. And he says before they shipped out, you know, they all had a big leave. And he said that his outfit, the 383rd, spent three times as much money on education and prophylactics and training so that the men would be careful. However, after a two-week leave, his outfit had three times as much VD as any other outfit. You know, out of 250 fellows of color, they all didn't come from Jersey City and North New Jersey. They came from all over the country, and a majority of them came from down south, where education in the 1930s was pretty limited to people of color. Yeah. And this is this is what he had, this is the men he had to bring together and train. You've been listening to Letters from My Old Man, hosted by Lawrence Sanji. Veronica's Letters, read by Trish Wiskowski, produced by Jason Rood, and distributed by History Bridge Productions. For more information, check out HistoryBridge.net. That's HistoryBridge.net.